latest from Scotston. This is Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors' official podcast. We are back. Hello and welcome back to Warriors Weekly. I'm Duncan Seller, Glasgow Warriors Media Manager, and today I'm joined by Commonwealth and Scotland 7 star Warrior number 250, Robbie Ferguson. Robbie, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Good, 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 good. Um, we've asked everybody this season, uh, part of the club tradition, when you join the club, is you stand up in front of the club, you talk about your family, your rugby history, and then your hidden talent. So, Robbie, what was your hidden talent? Uh, it's not one of the really a hidden talent. I can juggle. So that's probably my one, my go-to or something like that. Do you, do you have a, a number you can juggle? Is it just three or can you go up to five, six? Oh, no, I've got nothing over three. Like, basic two, three, I'm all good. But no, nah, nothing over three. I'm not, I'm not anything special. Right. Is there is there anything impressive you've juggled over the years? You ever gone a bit crazy? I've tried with like, Stuff like that. Nah, nothing bigger than apples. Fruit, fruit sort of the go-to on like occasions where it happens, like apples, bananas, things like that. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. So I brought you on today because uh, for a few reasons, obviously I want to kind of talk about your, your rugby history and then also kind of, I guess, the rugby this season to date. But recently it was confirmed that you're going to be part of GB, so Great Britain tra- 7 squad uh, in the build-up to the Olympics in Japan this summer. So I guess first things first, we've kind of that's the hot button topic. So let's ask, let's talk about that. What was it like getting that call, and what's the process been like getting to this point right now, getting that call up? Oh, it's been yeah, buzzing to get the call. Um, it's a strange one because of lockdown. I actually got the call the year previous when we came back from Vancouver, and then obviously that all fell through. And then we got told GB wasn't happening, and then we got told the Olympics was cancelled. So everyone was like so deflated and down, and then. It's been a bit of a case of will it happen, won't it happen? Like with obviously COVID hitting and it's hit sevens pretty hard. Um, we were like, will we be able to send a team? Will GB be able to send a team? Like how will unions fund it and stuff? So to get the phone call, it's a bit of a bittersweet. We got a phone call saying, um, listen, boys, we're going to go down the GB route for this season, which was tough for a lot of the boys on the call. Um, it was obviously a Scottish sevens call, which we've been having a lot of with uh, the SRU. So it was a, it was a tough one that, yeah. um, knowing that, potentially a lot of the boys wouldn't have wouldn't have jobs and then at the end of the call they're like um tony the head coach of gb will be in touch with you over the next two or three weeks one way or the other to tell you you're part of the squad or you're not part of the squad so um yeah to get the phone call was like nerve-wracking because i missed them to begin with but uh after he said he was he wanted to work with me and i was part of the initial squad it was it's like a dream come true type thing, but it's just an initial training squad at the minute. So there's a lot of stuff still to happen. Yeah. Did you have his number saved or was it a, a random number that you weren't sure who it was? Yeah, it's a random number. I hate it. Do you know, I go into like random numbers and then I save them. Like wherever I am, I'll like save the number and then I go and check like, the WhatsApp picture. Yeah. And then I just saw WhatsApp pictures like I was two kids. So I was like, oh, no, nah, that doesn't help me at all. Like, who is this? But um, we actually had his number and email. So I managed to figure out it was him. Um, and then I gave him a ring back. So no, it was all good. Nice, nice. And has, I guess, you kind of hinted there, like, Olymp- has Olympics been on the radar for a while? Obviously, you competed in Commonwealth Games back in 2018, so for Scotland. So once that kind of finished, was Olympics the next goal? or? Um, it, was, it was a bit of a funny one. I came into the Sevens programme in 2018, and uh, for me, like, I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to go to the Commonwealth Games. That was my first sort of target. Like, I'm just part of this squad for the first time. Like, I don't know if I'll be able to get to go to that. And then, Initially, I wasn't in the squad to that, and there was an injury, so I got brought in. So that was like the first first chance of it, and that was almost like a bit of an eye opener for me about what that sort of whole multi sport event could sort of be. And it was probably out the back of that. Then I was like, it's only two three years to the Olympics. Like, there's there's an opportunity here, mm-hmm. and um, 
to be fair, I probably actually then got better at sevens, which probably put it more on my radar, to be honest, than it probably was at the beginning of my career because it is tough playing sevens compared to 15s. There's a lot of differences and things like that. And I felt slightly at my depth for the first few tournaments anyway. Um, but maybe coming into my second, third season, sevens, yeah, it definitely popped up and was like, right, okay, this is the target. This is what we're going for. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to make that squad for 2020 and then it not happen was a bit of a hammer blow. And then, Obviously, it's been a long wait, but um, yeah, that's definitely been on the radar for a while now. Yeah. Did you get little nudges along the way from 2018 being like, oh, we're looking at you, like we're interested in you, got that kind of thing? Or is it just totally just head down and work and just kind of hope that that call comes when they announce the squad? It's very much head down and work. Um, I guess boys might have things in the back of their head, especially I know, for example, Jamie Farndale has like, just missed out in 2016 and it's been a massive motivator for him to sort of keep going and he really wants to do it. So, He's always sort of spoke about it and things like that. But within like the squads, when you go away, like you're still playing against England, you're still playing against Wales, like it's still like competitive. So you're not exactly speaking about that sort of stuff. But the first time it probably went on our radar was Olympic year 2020. We had our first tournament in uh, Dubai and Cape Town. And uh, all three unions got together in uh, Cape Town. And we had a sit down with, well, the head coach then. And uh, he gave us like a presentation on GB, the village, the training venues, how it was all going to look. And like that really got you going. He's like, listen, the squad's not picked, but the first game on that weekend was Scotland versus England. And that was when we beat them in Cape Town there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the first real one for the boys where they were like, right, okay, this is something now. And things get a bit competitive and things like that. So that was, that was probably the first time we got together and really spoke about it prior to the squads being announced. And are you eyeing up, eyeing up your opposite number in like that game against England? You're like, hang on, I think I can, I can best this man. I can maybe get pip him and try and get in the quad. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't do that with every game. To be honest with you, you always want to get the better of your opposite number. If it's 15s, it's sevens, whatever it is. But um, all three of the GB halfbacks from 2016 are still playing in the England team. Right. So um, yeah, they're sort of the benchmark type thing. So it's good to compete against these guys and see how see how you fare. Yeah. And do you have a history with those guys? Like, obviously, you're, you're now being called into a squad. You're going to go and train with them. Do you have a relationship with them off the pitch uh, when you've played against them in sevens tournaments or when you're in a away game? Is it more just kind of sitting in your own bubble with the kind of the Scotland guys and training with them and then socializing with them? Or is it because you're all in one big hotel? There is a bit of mixing and you do actually know the person and it's going to be maybe easier to click when you guys actually all get together for this training squad. Yeah, there's some te- there's more mixing with some teams than there is other teams. But at the end of the day, you're there, breakfast, lunch, dinner, usually training venues are like booked out throughout the day so you cross over there gyms pool like chill out areas in the hotel things like that like you can't help but bump into each other and it's been like four or five years in the series now so you do get to know these guys sort of fairly well and just with captain in the team um obviously captain scotland for the last two years three years now and um the other people that play my position for wales and england they're also the the captains for there so we've kind of you go to captain shoots you kind of do days days out with them as well so yeah you've got a bit of a relationship and then you often get like a few beers at the end of the tournament where you sit down and have a little chat with them as well so yeah there is a relationship there but it's it's like a relationship where like oh yeah how are you there's no real sort of meaning to it or anything like that so it, it has been good getting to know some of these guys a little bit better over the last few weeks as well and then has sevens always been the goal for you or was it something that you were kind of good at growing up but it just kind of wasn't really the goal it was always 15s then you kind of took this path down towards sevens or how did that kind of all come about the goal was always 15s and I obviously I played obviously in academy at Glasgow ended up down London Scottish and then through John DL was coaching me at London Scottish and he got the full-time sevens coaching job and he was like 
is seven something you'd be interested in? He's like, I'd be keen to work with you again. I was like, I don't know. But for me at that point, like, we'll probably discuss a little bit. The championship wasn't really going anywhere. And it was one of those things I just, I think I'd kind of done it. And um, I spoke to JD. He's like, I think it's a good opportunity for you to get back in the door up in Scotland and get under some people's noses again and try and push on to get into 15. So the idea was to do a couple of years of sevens and head back to 15s if there was an opportunity sort of arose. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one, the sevens. It's it's such a tight little environment and you become so close to so many people and there's so many positives to it. You kind of end up, you kind of end up loving it and it's a bit of a strange one because I never really thought I would be mad keen on it. But yeah, no, it's definitely like a huge passion of mine now. Um, but yeah, so it probably didn't start out as the goal, but sevens has kind of turned into the goal almost. But, but you're, you're a borders guy, aren't you? So I'm assuming you played sevens a bit growing up and played, did you play like, uh, was it uh, King sevens King? What's it called? The, uh... Uh, King is it? Nah, nah, I'm from I'm from here. Don't put me down with those borders, boys. No, right. no, 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 no. Uh, Ayrshire boys. So, nah, you play a lot of the. There's a lot of school sevens and things like that. You would travel about and do like Ayrshire sevens competitions down here and, yeah. and bits and bobs like that. And played a few Melrose sevens with Air back in the day, but nothing to the level of like that Scotland sevens type stuff. So it was pretty much in at the deep end for me. Uh, we had a pre-season tournament in Stirlingbosch back in 2018, and that was my first first real shot at international sevens and oh actually i did a youth commonwealth games of sevens as well um in the isle of man in 2010 or something like that so that was a little bit of experience so yeah, was sorry. And rory hughes was that the, the oh yeah we had a good, yeah, we had a good uh, rosa wasn't there actually but it was like adam ash um sam adalgo klein scott Steele, damien hoyland um yeah we had, a, we had a good team actually there yeah yeah and and then am i right in thinking that you obviously you mentioned that you were in the academy, but I'm right in thinking before you were in the academy, you were actually a development officer or something like that within rugby before you kind of started moving into the pro game. Yeah, I uh, I kind of came out of school and was doing like a degree type thing right. um, at Glasgow Cali, and then I started doing under twenties, and it was one of those ones that like I was struggling doing the degree and trying to do under twenties. Um, so I ended up working as a bit of a development officer in air. I know the guy Stuart Fennick works down here with a lot of that sort of stuff. And he ended up giving me coaching hours. And I got quite into the coaching side of things. So I probably did about two years on and off while trying to play for the under-20s and then trying to play uh, some club stuff as well. So I kind of interlinked the two and did a bit of coaching with the academy stuff, but just got set up in air. And yeah, a little bit of delivery in the schools and things like that around about the area as well. So yeah, did a little bit of dabbled in coaching. Yeah. Do you dabble in it still? Are you a guy that kind of comes back and does a little bit of coaching at air or anything like that? Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm the assistant coach at Air at the minute now. Oh, so, yeah, obviously not seen them, those boys, in a long time now. It's been like just over a year now since we last had a game with Air. Um, so, yeah, again, Stuart's the head coach and uh, myself and another boy, Stephen, are the sort of assistant coach. So I do a bit of back stuff, a bit of attack stuff um, with those boys when I wasn't away on trips and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, still still enjoy doing a lot of that sort of stuff. Has, has coming back in here and being involved in the 15s environment, do you think that's helped you at all for coaching? Obviously, I know there's not been any games for you guys, but now you're kind of back in this environment, seeing how the game's being played around here, speaking to the coaches, working with the coach, coaches closely here. Yeah, it's funny how your head kind of, you, you think rugby's rugby, but like the seven stuff and the 15 stuff, just totally different, the detail that goes into some of the plays and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, definitely it opens your eyes and then just a different set of coaches as well. Everyone does their own thing slightly differently. So it's interesting to see how some coaches operate compared to other coaches. Like they're obviously hot on different things. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see how people sort of operate. Yeah. And then I know a lot of the players when they came back after the first lockdown, said it kind of took them a while to kind of find their feet again, get the rugby brain ticking. 
Now, obviously, you'd, you'd come from sevens and then you had the, the lockdown break and then joined us, obviously, for 15s. Did you find that same thing or do you think, is it harder again to then come from sevens to 15s? And then my next question for you would be, or is it harder to go from 15s to sevens and have that mental yeah. switch? Um, so for me, like I came, I came in and I think I actually, I kind of did quite well because the boys had done all their, their running sessions at Murrayfield. I think they'd had a little bit of a tough time just on the running side of things. So when I sort of came in, it was, um, a focus on those two Edinburgh games we had just straight out of lockdown. So it was quite rugby orientated, which was a little bit like straight back into contact and things like that, which shocked the body. Like after a year of not doing anything, you start hitting people and like, I'm used to hitting like backs and like smaller guys and sevens and then you've got big. 120 kilo props coming at you that was a shock but um yeah I think I think it was a little bit but I didn't play for such a long time like I was in the training environment for quite a while so it wasn't too bad when I actually got an opportunity to play I was uh I was actually okay yeah and, and you talk about that there you're kind of in the environment for a while but you joined us during the world cup in 2019 when we had quite a few boys away obviously across in Japan and I don't think yourself or kind of any of the Scotland boys at that point really got an opportunity so when you found out you were going to be assigned with us again this time around at the end of lockdown, did you think it'd be kind of the same position that you'd just be kind of in and around training and there wouldn't be that many opportunities? Or were you going in into this with a kind of an, a goal of actually, you know what, I want to get some game time back into the 15s a little bit, kind of put my hand up? I think everyone's, I don't know, it's, it's happened to me so many times, like since the, that's how it's been so long since I played with the club. Like you do come back in and it's like, your bottom of the pecking order type thing. Like there's a lot of centers, there's a lot of people. So you come in bottom of the pecking order and you don't really expect much. Like you, all you can do is turn up, train well, and then um, opportunities sort of arise. And I think that's all that really happened to me this time. Like I think for a lot of boys and a lot of scenarios, it is just having a chance and an opportunity to play. And I think you're seeing that a lot this season with a lot of the young boys getting opportunities to go and go and play that they potentially might not have had before. And um, the coaches are actually keen on, keen on blooding some new guys. So to be fair, I went into it thinking I'm going to come in, I'm going to train and whatnot. But um, I think off the back of a year out, I was pretty motivated myself to be like, listen, I've got nothing to lose here. Like probably my last crack at any sort of 15s because post Olympics, who knows what's kind of happening. Um, so I was like, I don't really have anything to lose. Like I'm now kind of older within the group as well. So it's one of those things that like, there's no point being in your shell and being reserved. Like, go out, have a crack and you've got nothing to lose type thing. So I just kind of had that mentality, to be honest. Yeah. And you kind of alluded to it there, but you've actually been in and around the Warriors for quite some time. I think you made your debut back, was it 2015? I think it was. Yeah. 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 And like, so obviously you've been around, you've seen Gregor as head coach. You've had Dave as head coach. Obviously you've now got Danny. And yeah. as I said at the start, you're warrior 250. Ian Keatley became warrior number 325 on the weekend. Yeah. So there've been 75 warriors that have come since obviously you made your debut. Yeah. I'm so I'm assuming in that time as well, you've seen probably quite a lot of changes in the club. And do you notice that as somebody who kind of dips in and out? Are they more striking to you as a new coach comes in and you kind of come back into the environment? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I guess some guys have maybe been there that whole time and seen it evolve. But like you say, I sort of come and go and come and go. Um, and you do notice quite a few changes from, again, like I said, every coach operates slightly differently. Um, so, yeah, you, you do within the environment. And there's been a lot of staff changes in amongst that as well, like the S&C. So they run that sort of stuff slightly differently. And uh, even the physio teams like completely changed again. So that all, it all does change all the time. I think that's the same in any environment. Like you have to change. If it stays the same all the time, it's just nothing happens and nothing really progresses. So, um, yeah, I've seen, seen a fair bit of change. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it's been a tough tough year for for Danny and stuff coming in this year and having to 
operate within COVID and everything else that sort of happened in, a, in around that sort of stuff. But I think you're seeing now, like, the boys are sort of getting together and, and finding their feet. So it'll be exciting for, well, from my point of view, probably watching, but seeing how boys go in this Rainbow Cup and just fingers crossed we can finish this season with, with two wins and secure that European European place would be would be a nice way to sort of finish finish the season. Yeah. And, and then as you, as a sevens guy, obviously you're part of a much smaller squad in sevens compared to, say, 15s here, where I think we've got about 53 guys, if you include the, um, the yeah. academy and stuff. Do, do you find it very different, the, the environment and kind of the, I guess, the team the team side of things, rather than working with such a small group, you're working with a much wider group and you have to get to know a lot more people? Or is it kind of the same process? It's just on a bigger scale. Yes, it is, it is a similar process. But, like, I guess in sevens, we're always together. Like, you don't split forwards and backs, whereas, like, we're all in the gym together. We all do rugby together. We all do this together. Whereas, like, there is quite a, like a, you've got your back split, your forward split, just because of numbers and things like that. So you probably have more of an affiliation with the other backs and things like that. Let's say you don't ever speak to the forwards, because obviously you do, but uh, you just spend maybe a bit less time with them because they're in their meetings and doing stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, it's totally, it's totally different. Like, you're never going to get to know 53 boys in the way there's like 10, 10 11 of us in the sevens and like, We've been together for three or four years, some of us. So, like, we're really kind of best mate type things. So you know each other inside and out. You know what each other going to do. Whereas, within an environment of 53 boys plus coaches and whatnot, you're never going to have as tight a squad. Yeah. Um, but still, like, you have good relations with pretty much everyone in the team. Like, it's, it's good fun. Yeah. And then, do you, do you get even tighter still with the centres? Is that something that you have to do? Or your, your nines and your tens? And is that something that you, as a player, do you ever focus on that? Like, when you're coming back into this environment, do you spend a bit more time... Or are you conscious about being like, hang on, I should go and get to know my 10 or my winger or the other centres I'm going to be paired with so I've got a bit better kind of click with them? Or um, I think through training, you kind of get these little like affiliations, if you will, anyway. Like it's it's one of those things that you run together all the time. You kind of you know what each other are sort of going to do. And then some of the stuff you do gets broken down into centres will go away and do this sort of stuff. Nines and tens do this sort of stuff. And it's quite good sometimes to sit down and just like look at other people's games. Like if you've not played at the weekend, like, you'd still go and look at what the other centres did at the weekend, see what they did well, see what they didn't do well. And I guess you can chat to them about that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, you do you do get quite close to some of those boys. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those ones. Like, I'm probably closest just to the Sevens boys within the environment because they're still, like, my little bubble almost. But, um, yeah, I've got a lot close to a lot of the other boys as well this year. Yeah. And then, obviously, you got your shot this year against Ulster. Am I, am I right in thinking that was your first competitive game of 15s for more than five years? Yeah, I think I was. I think I was a shot. I told. I actually told Danny that at the airport. He was like, "When was the last time you played a game?" I was like, uh, "Like twenty fifth, like twenty seventeen, something like that, twenty sixteen." Pre match. So I was like, uh, he was just sort of looking at me. Like, All right, yeah. Like I think he thought I was just going to be an absolute bomb scare. He's like, "What have I got here?" Because yeah. um, it was obviously just a last minute thing. And like I said, that that was kind of like an opportunity. And for me, I was like, "Listen, like I wasn't expecting to play." And he was like, "Listen, like this is your shot. Like go and go and have a crack." Like you've got nothing to lose. I was like, yeah, fair. So he sort of gave me that mentality and a bit of trust in me. So it, it was good. But yeah, I think it came as a bit of a shock to both him and me that we were uh, in the situation we were in, to be honest. But again, like these things come out of opportunities like that and it's, it's, good, it's good good for me. Yeah. How did you think the game went? Because obviously you were named, it wasn't a great result for us away to Ulster, but you were named yeah. the Pro 14 Team of the Week. Yeah, I didn't think it went well. It went like... <laughs> It went okay. Like I didn't think it went that well. Like it was, it was all right. Um, 
but yeah, I think I, th- I honestly think everyone just thought I was going to be an absolute bomb scare. And the fact that I wasn't as bad as everyone thought and they felt like I was better because of that. So I was just like, yeah, fine, I'll take it. Like, no worries. Yeah. Um, and had a bit of a laugh with it. But that no, was good just to, to like, contribute to the sort of attacking stuff, like getting some carries in there early. And I feel like I just kind of got my nerves settled pretty early, just uh, carrying the ball, a few decent tackles. And I've been lucky enough, I've like played with Stafford uh, a few times before at like air stuff and at a few other things, A games and in training a lot. So I actually felt pretty comfortable with Stafford uh, inside me, which was was a big benefit as well. So um, no, nah, it, went, it went as well as could have been expected, to be honest, yeah. You can't have gone that badly. You, you, you've gone on, I think you've made, what, seven appearances for us this season? So six since that that one game? Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it kind of went okay. And uh, the more you play, the more confident you get within your role and within the team environment and with the other individuals you're playing with. So, yeah, it gets it gets a lot easier once you once you get that momentum going a little bit. Yeah, and obviously I know kind of we've talked about how Olympics is the goal, but is there a little bit of a sense of just before, obviously, you're about to head off, is there a sense of this is kind of stopping a little too early and you'd like to have kicked on even a little bit further? Um. Yeah, well... It is, it is, it is, and it isn't like it's not. Um, it's it's that situation, it's that time of year type thing now. Like, I'm obviously now affiliated to GB Sevens. Like, my contract with SRU is up in in May, and I've well, I've extended till August, the start of August at the minute, which covers me through to to the Olympics. And then it's a little bit of what what happens next after that. So, um, depending on how that sort of goes, like I'll might try and look at 15s clubs that are I could potentially go and dabble at or. Um, if situations change at Glasgow then potentially an opportunity could come around there but um, we'll just need to wait and see mate it's one of those ones that Covid's sort of killing killing rugby and killing budgets and stuff like that so it's it's tough at the minute and then obviously we've alluded to it, to it there seven games for us this season you've had several partners in the centres this season and you've been named at both 12 and 13 so can you explain to somebody who's listening who's maybe not a hardcore rugby fan Kind of how those roles differ, whether you're at 12 or whether you're at 13, and then also how your role differs depending on who's inside you and who's outside of you. Um, yeah, so yeah, I've done, I've done a little bit of both. Like, I'm not too too bothered really about positionally 12 or 30. I think 12 defensively involves probably a lot more tackles and that sort of stuff there. A lot of teams target that sort of 10, 12 axis as like a port of four there. So you've got a lot of defensive work at 12 to sort of do. Um, whereas 13 is probably a harder position to defend because you're a little bit more isolated in the wide channel, but maybe less contact involved in that sort of stuff. So defensively, that's the sort of difference. Like 13, you're probably reading the defence a little bit more and making decisions, whereas 12, you've usually got some big back roar coming straight at you and you've just got to deal with them type thing. So the decision making is probably taken out of the 12 a little bit, but um, it's, uh, easier for, uh, it's easier for that. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's probably the difference defensively. Um, Attacking wise, twelve you're probably in slightly more well. The way I play twelve, anyway, you obviously get big crash balls, but I'm not that kind of guy. It's more sort of organising the forwards and and their pods and trying to trying to help the ten out as much as possible with decision making and telling where the space is. And thirteens again, you've probably got a little bit more room to attack, maybe a little less ball, but you do a lot more stuff in short sides and um, that sort of stuff there. So twelve probably slightly more organising, and thirteen you probably got a bit more freedom to to run and do a little bit more. If you had to play one position for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Um, I think 13 for longevity. 12 has been tough on the body this year, a little bit, a lot of tackling. 13, a bit of longevity in there. You said you're not a crash ball centre, but too many crash balls, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's it's not my game, but it's happening a lot. <laughs> and, and then obviously, you alluded to it earlier, but 
you 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 signed and you played for London Scottish down there, and you're down there with JD. Now, obviously, it's been a very kind of hot button topic in rugby right now is the championship uh, with obviously Saris going down there. So you you played down at London Scottish with uh, with George Horn, and can you just give an insight into just how different it is playing in that league compared to what it is like playing in the Pro Fourteen? Yes, it, listen, like for me, it was probably exactly what I needed. Like um, I was sort of a, a young centre looking for game time, and one of the areas I really wanted to improve my game was sort of defensively. So like. The champ is, it's tough. It's really tough on the body. Like, And a lot of clubs, like I can't pigeonhole every single club within this, but a lot of clubs, and London Scottish are very good to me, but a lot of clubs potentially don't look after the players to the extent, like you hear some horror stories about medicals and contracts being ripped up and, and this, that, and the next thing. But like, it's it's a very physical league. Like it's classic English rugby, like big eight forwards, good nine, good 10, kick the corners and play sort of physical rugby in your face type thing. Um, but it is, it's got some good players in it. And a lot of the guys that I played against there now, I've looked at and they, they've pushed on to premiership sides. They're doing really well. And some of them have even transferred to the Pro 14 and some some are down there. It's funny the guys you bump into that you sort of play with. Um, but there's a lot of good players in there. And as a stepping stone, I think it is good for like your guys that have played under 20s rugby. And if they're not getting regular game time in premiership teams or Pro 14 teams, like, a season down there, like if you can affiliate like premiership clubs or championship clubs that we spoke about doing, it could be beneficial, but I just don't think it's funded to the extent a professional team should be funded. And that comes across in facilities, welfare for players, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you feel a lot for the boys. Like I know I've still got a few mates to play down there and there's been a lot of like stories and clubs folding and all this sort of stuff happening at the minute. And you've just got to feel for them. Like it's just not an easy situation. Yeah, and does it surprise you when like a high-flying team like Saracens with all these big names ends up losing to a team like Cornish Pirates, or is it something that like having played in the league, you're a bit like, I can see that happening. You, you can see it like from coming from the league, you can see stuff like that happening because like you play in the champ or whatnot, and you always know it's like, traditionally like Worcester come up and down or Newcastle or London Irish a lot of the time when I was there, and that is everyone's cup final because most of these teams know they can't go up anyway because they don't have the the monetary to do that. So that's every team's like cup final. And going away, like I've done it a few times, going away to Cornish Pirate is like going to the end of the world. It's awful. It always rains. The pitch is minging. You're changing a port of cabin out the back. It's absolute hell on earth. So for a lot of these international boys, for Saracens going down there, I can imagine them being like, where are we? What is going on? And like if a team can come out and sting you in the first 20 minutes, put a bit of shock into you, then you'll get a few upset results like that. So um, yeah, um, it, it was... It's, Probably good for the league that Cornish Pirates have done that, but um, yeah, I'm sure it's shoot Saris a little bit. Yeah, and then as a man who's well experienced and well travelled in rugby, having played in the Pro 14, the Championship, the Seven Circuit, the Commonwealth Games, how how is life differ between the Championship, the Pro 14, and, and Sevens? How yeah, what what things are different? What is the yeah. what are the main standouts? Obviously, you kind of hinted at it there. What what life is like in the Championship? But yeah, the the Pro so similar to Sevens and. Obviously, I've only really experienced Sevens in Glasgow, which is all sort of under the SRU bracket of, of whatever. So, yeah, your player welfare is a lot better within within that and the medical stuff and the treatment and stuff like that we get, like, second to none type thing. So that's a massive, massive difference to, obviously, the championship stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think the speed, the speed of the game from Pro 14 anyway to the championship, like I sort of alluded to, the championship can be a bit slower, it's big forwards, it's bashing up, it's driving malls and things like that, whereas... 
some I mean, don't get me wrong, some teams in the Pro 14 do that as well, but you play against like Leinster and Ulster, they play pretty fast brand of rugby as we try and do as well. Um, so the speed of the game and the speed of thoughts probably the difference between between those two leagues. And then sevens again is it's almost not comparable to the other two because every game of sevens is so different and you can have you can be playing Fiji and they're offloading doing all sorts, you can be playing New Zealand and they're smashing. Like sevens isn't really comparable, I don't think, to fifteens, but where sevens is good is you get the travel and you get you're like two weeks on, which is you're on for the two weeks, then you come home and you're off for three weeks, which is quite nice. You have your weekends. Whereas every week you have to turn it out in these sort of other environments within 15. It's like you've got to turn around every week and play again and play again and play again, which can be tough on the body. But again, sevens is tough on the body as well. Six games in a weekend and then to have a five-day turnaround to go into the same again is, is a different challenge. So they all they all have their pluses and minuses. But um, yeah, I don't know if sevens is as comparable as probably Pro 14 in the championship is. Are you a recovery pro? Like somebody who's getting these five-day turnarounds somebody who's probably doing different time zones all the time for sevens. Obviously for us recently, you've been playing quite a few games back to back. Are you somebody who's absolutely nailed the recovery or knows how to nail the recovery to get the best out of themselves in a short turnaround? I think I've just try and avoid the physical, the physical stuff through the week. And that's kind of the, the key to it. Um, but no, uh, yeah, you've, you've learned a lot, especially as I've got a little bit older, potentially. Um, your body does take a little bit longer to, to get, get, back to probably 100%. So yeah, there's little things, just jumping in the pool and, and doing things like that. But no, nah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a recovery pro. I'm just just trying to get, get by week to week, to be honest. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm conscious of time, Robbie. So I'm going to ask you one final question. I'm going to let you go. So yeah. if you could have one player that you've played with, past or present in the centres with you, who would it be and why? Uh, so I'm going to give him a shout. I'm going with Paddy Kelly. Yeah. Um, so Good. we've not played together for a few years, but... He was my centre partner down at uh, London Scottish and obviously played a bit with him in the sevens. So we just know each other inside and out type thing now. And I kind of know what he's going to do most of the time. And we had a great time together for, for well, he was down in London, I think, for about six months before he came back up to Glasgow. So, uh, yeah, no, I love, love playing with PK. So, yeah, PK. What does he bring? He, he doesn't pass the ball, so you just know you have to run awful lines off him. So he's a, he's a big physical ball carrier and he's, he works hard. He's got some engine on him. Um, so he works hard and defends and he's he kind of makes my tackles for me again so it's just it's one of those that's quite quite good on your inside shoulder you know he's going to always be there because he's got a good engine yeah and he's going to be with you at GB7s as well isn't he so you guys can yeah. link up again there we'll step together yeah exactly right perfect Robbie thank you very much for joining me this week on Warriors Weekly no worries thank you very much Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors official podcast.